Yes, no doubt about that. Got Code Sport Juno Daniel Cherney on the line now. G'day, Daniel. Welcome. G'day, Rowan. Tim, good to be with you. Uh, excellent. Now, uh, you've been right at the heart of all of this, and uh, thank you very much for coming on. What's the biggest issue? The CBA, how far away is it? Because the, there's been some talk, and we just had Warren Treadray in here, that perhaps they thought it was going to be done a lot sooner. Yeah, look, I mean, both the CBAs that currently exist, the, uh, the AFL and the AFLW ones, have expired. Uh, they expired at the end of their respective um, last seasons in 2022, mm. so they're currently just rolling over, which is, which is not... Un, you know, completely unprecedented or, or overly unusual that, that, had, that has has happened in the past, happened last time. Uh, but this is, I suppose, what's significant about this one is it's the first where they're pushing for a joint CBA between the um, AFL and the AFLW playing cohorts. Um, and I suppose that means there's a lot more people to consult because you've got two groups, you know, that's about 1,300 players or thereabouts um, when, you, when you take it all into account. So they've been going around to clubs. Um, the AFLPA, that is, um, starts with the board, delegates, directors, um, captains, and then they sort of go go to the rank and file players, um, and they've got um, the, the the players' collective backing, both the male and female players' collective backing, to um, to go to the AFL with a proposal. Um, and in short, uh, they're pushing for a thirty two percent slice of, of the revenue of, um, of the I suppose the football revenue, the, the, the revenue that can be um, associated with player uh, generated by the players. Um, and, pro- you know, probably among, among the interesting parts of it is that, um, under the proposal, which is for a four year CBA, um, by the end of it, uh, 85% of the money will be going to uh, male players and 15% to the AFLW players, which, um, you know, to give some, give some perspective that that's at the moment it's about 92 to 8. Um, and I suppose there's an acknowledgement there that clearly the men continue to generate most of the revenue, but, um, you know, the overwhelming majority, but, uh, there's also a sense of the need to continue to help the women's game along and, and seeing where other sports are um, with this the stuff that uh, you, you need to make yourself an attractive proposition for um, for, for women, uh, you know, for, for female athletes. Daniel, it's up to 32%, or well, that's what they're they're trying to, to claim or, or, or garner, if you like. What's mm. it up from? What, what what is it today? Yes, no, no, very very good point. Uh, so as it stands, it's 28%. Oh, sorry. In the 2017 CBA, which continues to roll over, it's 28%. But it should be noted that that didn't have any AFLW provisions or players. That was just a male CBA. So um, the women don't have a revenue share in their CBA, but they, they sort of account for about 2.5. They, they currently get about 2.5% of revenue thereabouts, if you, if you, do, if you mm-hmm. figure it out, although that's not enshrined. So I suppose essentially it's 30.5 or there, thereabouts, and they're, they're trying to move it up to 32, which is... In essence, just trying to grow the pie for both the men and women, um, so that they, um, I suppose, no one gets left behind and no one feels that they're subsidising mm. um, the, the other group. Um, so it, it was always going to be delicate. And the AFLPA, to their credit, they um, they sought out Yolanda Beatty, who's a gender equity expert. Uh, she worked with um, New Zealand Cricket, uh, or the New Zealand Cricket Players Association, um, on, on a similar deal with them. So. They, they sort of wanted to outsource it to, 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 to try and find the fairest outcome. And um, it seems as though the players are given their blessing for this to, to go forward. And now okay. it's with the AFL and um, we see where it goes. So what's the sticking point? Well, we're not sure yet. Um, and, I, and, and I'm not necessarily sure there will be a sticking point. Uh, I mean, the AFL um, tend to, you know, I suppose, like most negotiations, tend to push back. I mean, whether they accept um, that sum increases as, um, as, the, AF, as the AFLPA... Um, have, have uh, 
pushing it. I've asked for uh, remains to be seen, but look, it's, it's probably too early to suggest whether there is a sticking point because I think the AFL have only just got it recently and they're sort of weighing over their position. So I suppose it depends whether they want to make this an easy or a hard fight. Hey, Daniel, what came out, I hadn't heard a lot about the President-CEO meeting uh, with the AFL, whether there was, besides the CBA, what what sort of topics or were discussed and were there any, you know, massive issues that were, were being spoken about? Look, I think there were a lot of issues that were canvassed um, from, from those that I've spoken to. I, I think, um, I don't think there were any groundbreaking developments. I think uh, the AFL, I think Collingwood, Jeff Brown, as has, has been, been reported, continues to push for a greater soft cap. I think West Coast are on record saying they want that as well. Mm. Um, I think the ta- Tasmania and the update around where that's all at was provided to, to the clubs, although admittedly that's sort of pretty broadly known um, that the stadium is, is the sticking point there. Um, I think there were updates on AFLW, a brief update on the, on the racism report, but I don't think there was any, any sort of groundbreaking developments there um, for, you know, to the best of my knowledge. But, uh, you know, sometimes these things take a few days to, to filter out and it, it was only yesterday. And probably puzzling, there's no football operations person appointed. We've got, mm. uh, yeah, we've still got the CEO uh, without an end date. And if, was there any word of perhaps when that decision might be made, just getting the CEO in place? Yeah, no, look, I, I think the AFL has sort of continued to indicate that it is going to be around that, that gather round Gil, Gil's exit um, and, and whether they're. Uh, and that they are reaching the, the very pointy end um, of, of that process. But I don't think there's been a, a complete, um, you know, I suppose a, a definitive date as to when there will be an announcement. But clearly the clubs are, are very keen for her an answer. And, and it does seem a bit ridiculous how long it's dragged on for, um, you know, almost a year now. And unfortunately, because of Brad Scott's exit, um, you've left this situation where you don't have a ahead of football either um, and it's pretty hard to sort of appoint one until you have a CEO because they obviously work so closely together so it's not a great situation There's a, there is a bit of a power vacuum and a fair bit of uncertainty around those key positions at AFL House. Well done Daniel, thanks for your time. No worries. Cheers Mark. Coach Sport Journo, Daniel Cherney, our guest